Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, our brand performance podcast, where we connect and collaborate with other self-sustaining entrepreneurs, authors, and experts. Hi, I'm Marlo Higgins, your Chief Inspirational Officer. I like to say when we perform, we get paid. This podcast focuses on the areas of confidence, mindset, leadership, and performance, which all lead to increased revenues and sales. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, talents, and self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem factor. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters. When it all aligns, everything works. Welcome to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, our brand performance podcast. In today's performance conversation, I think you're really going to enjoy this one because as I've gotten to know Deborah Ager, she is just an amazing person. We've kind of come into contact with LinkedIn and that's where this conversation is going to start and who knows where it's going to end. So very, very excited. Um, and that's why we have chosen Deborah because she is an expert and the synergy and connectivity that we both had, you know, she's in the industry of helping coaches. And so I think for me personally, that's where I'm going to really enjoy this conversation. But I know that you as our audience members are going to be just as delighted. So Deborah, I am so jazzed you're with us today. Thanks for being with us. I'm jazzed too. Thank you so much for having me on the show. All right. So who is Deborah? Let me give you a little bit of insight. She's a content marketer and a 22-time book collaborator. I mean, just right there, Deborah has some knowledge and expertise that um, helps coaches build authority and get leads on LinkedIn content and business building books. She's also the creator of Content Camp, and that's her signature program at the university level. And she teaches speaking engagements, workshops. She's taught over a thousand people how to write better. I mean, I know what an asset that can be. You've authored books on presses large and small, and you've also received writing awards and residencies from the McDowell Colony and um, many different writers' conferences, obviously coming from the Maryland state. So that's where our conversation is. Deborah, is there anything else that you want to elaborate for our audience on? Sure. Well, as a 22-time book collaborator, I guide my clients to author business building books, which I consider the ultimate content. So I, th I find it so exciting. And then helping them use their words to get more incoming opportunities. Okay. So tell us why. Why is a book so important to a brand and to a business? Well, a book gives your future clients a way to get to know more about your framework and your process and how you have worked with your clients in the past, and more importantly, the kinds of results and successes that you've been able to achieve for your past clients. And one of my clients, we worked on a book together, and it was about his process. And so by the time people came to speak to his sales team, they already understood how his business was different from other ones in the same marketplace. Mm, yeah. Okay. So is there a specialty? I mean, as you're working with these different coaches and, and you're assisting them and pulling out some of the best that they offer in their specialty, is there anything that you recommend taking an approach one way versus another when you're talking about content? Sure. I think this applies to all content, whether it's books or whether it's a social media post. It's really becoming clear about the people you are talking to and not just the demographics. A lot of times, I find that people focus on demographics, which would include items like age, where they live, 
perhaps languages spoken and things like that. But I really encourage my clients to think about more of the psychographics and how people think about things. So are they self-starters? Are they action takers? You know, will they have the right kind of mindset to be able to be successful in working with you? And I think that that's really important to take into consideration because knowing how people think will help you be able to connect with them more deeply in your content. Of course. Yeah, no, definitely. So what have you found, you know, like kind of take us through that process. And like when you're working with somebody, if there's somebody listening to this episode and they're very interested because there is a huge tangle, I think um, you know this in the marketplace, like how do I get started, right? Or what's the best positioning? Can you walk us through some of that for us and helping us kind of make it a little bit simpler? Sure. I think one of the things that's most important to think about is how will your business building book connect into what you're already doing? So for instance, if you are really passionate about helping people get visibility through podcasting or through a certain element of marketing, how will your book help you extend that knowledge and expand your audience to more people? And I think that that's a really important element to consider because I'm just going to give a little drastic example here. Let's say I've designed a visibility process or marketing process that really helps coaches get more clients. And then I come out with a cookbook. That's a very drastic example just to show that it can really confuse your people, the people in your audience, when you create something that's so far outside the zone in which they know you. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay, so now let's tie it into a speaking platform because as being a thought leader, and these are the people you work with, Deborah you know, take that book and now let's take it on stage. What kind of recommendations do you have? And, you know, putting the power of all of your brand content together. What's like the best way to to speak to your book when you're on stage? Oh, that's a really great question. Well, in a lot of opportunities to speak or places where people can speak, they're usually back of the room sales, or maybe it's a conference where there's a place where the books can be purchased. So I think that when you weave in the content from your book, and you're able to reference the book here and there, but not really pitch it or sell it, that then people are invited in to learn more without feeling like they're being forced or coerced into learning more. And that is a really good boon for book sales. Because usually if, you're, if you've worked on your signature talk and you know your framework and it's a framework or system that you've been using to get successful results for your clients, and then you talk about it, then people will usually want to find out more and they will either go to your book or to whatever else you steer them toward. Okay, so I call that um, if you educate properly, the sale automatically happens. And yeah. essentially, that's what you're doing. I mean, you're just educating on whatever it is that you've created or whatever system that you've applied that's helping people. And I believe in that. Like you get up there and you share that, that's what's going to attract people. And it's in the most genuine form, right? Because when you're doing that, you're trying to educate and help somebody. It's not like you're putting on a sales pitch. That actually raises a good question. I've heard from people that some books turn into big sales pitches and people even come to me and say, I do not want my book to end up like a sales pitch. So we really think about in the early stages of the process as we're mapping out the content together, my clients and I are thinking about the adult learners. You know, what do these, what does their group of adult learners need to learn? How do they need to learn it? How does the content map in to the problems that are keeping them up at night. That's another key concept for creating a book that works really well for people, that works well for educating them. 
Yeah. So what is the problem that you're solving, right? And it's crazy because like when we get into these things, it's just the way that you can spin the questions. And I think get, getting people to think differently about it, I think brings kind of the ease towards making it work. So, okay. So give us a little tip or a pointer. I'm out there, I'm listening to this episode and I'm saying, Deborah, oh my gosh, I need you. Okay. So what would be a tip or a pointer that you would have that you can share right now for somebody who's in that mindset? One task that I like to ask people to do is to consider writing a brief letter. It can be to their best friend. It can be to a spouse, to someone with whom they do not have a complicated relationship at all. Someone who's always in their corner and always has their back. And then just write a letter to them about what your book is about or about some ideas you have around your book. And this doesn't need to be polished. You never need to send it. It's really just for you. And I think when we get out of our own heads of trying to write something and we're able to pretend that we're writing this to someone else, it makes us feel lighter and more able to be creative with our ideas. And that can be a really good first step to figuring out what should my topic be and how should I position it? It won't solve the whole problem, but it's a really good first step. Oh my gosh. I wish somebody would have done that for me because I mean, really, I think 80% of writing my book when I brought it out into the world, we just published last April, was the thinking of it. And really 20% was actually doing it. And it's that that's headspace that we get so tangled up in. And so I love that. Consider writing a brief letter. That's fantastic. And you're right. It's a way to kind of get yourself out of the way of yourself and just bringing it to different light. Okay. So what are some of the topics that you've worked with experts on that you've enjoyed the most or that you have found to be the most valuable? Oh, I love all the topics that I work on and I, and I love the fact that there's a lot of variety in them. So I think it was last year or earlier this year, one of the books I was working on last year came out and it's on estate planning. And what I really love about that topic is the challenge of it because a lot of people hear those two words and they don't want to talk about that topic for all kinds of reasons. So how do we take this topic that people don't like talking about and turn it into something interesting and compelling? So that's where we tied in the author's personal story. And now she's been able to partner with media and people are coming up to her at book signings and saying how, you know, she's helping them and how they resonated with her story. And then another example of a book I worked on with someone is on the topic of workplace civility. And so the lovely, one of the lovely pieces or stories around that book is just the way it's helping the author help organizations become healthier on the inside and become healthier from the top down and have more civility and in their workplace culture. I love it. Okay. So now as I listen to that, I've got two questions for you. One of them is title and the other one is media. So let's talk about title. You know, like when somebody's going to title a book, do you find that people have it titled before they get started or, or give us some insight into when we're titling our books? Oh yeah, this is such a juicy topic. A lot of people come to me and they might, some people come to me and they have absolutely nothing. So I start with people who have nothing and I start with some people who have created an outline before, might have some working titles. So sometimes what we'll do is if they have nothing, we'll brainstorm together from scratch and we'll come up with uh, several different titles. And then as we work on the project, we'll keep those as working titles. And as we work through the content and as we're getting clear on their target audience and who their ideal reader is, then this helps that kind of work helps inform what the final title should be and what words should be in it. So sometimes we'll work on it at the beginning and then we'll work on it again later and revise it once we've completed more of the book together. Because I'd like to say that 
we get more educated about our own books as we're working on them. We might think, oh, I'm going to cover these three points or these five points. Then as we're working through it, we realize, ooh, there's actually this other point that really I should compress points three and four. Those should go together. And then I should insert this new point. So there's a lot of process of discovery that happens throughout that. And that all informs what, what the title should be. Really interesting topic. And I mean, you, I could go on forever about it, but it's, it's just an exciting topic to talk about. <laughs> No, I, I totally agree. And the funny part is when I was writing my book, I always thought, and in my head, I had always placed it as how to be an action captain. And the original, t- the title that we selected was um, The Making of a Maverick, Building Champions in Business and in Life. Total yin yang, right? But I always said the book vibrates at a frequency of action. And so for me, it was like how to be an action captain, right? And it was funny because I, my team and I, we had that labeled for a very, very long time. And then it was literally an epiphany moment when I came up with the Maverick name because Lady Gaga has monsters, Taylor Swift has Swifties, and Marlowe's brand has Mavericks. And so it's just kind of funny how we built the audience and then actually how we labeled the book, which working with a publisher, some insight on that too, I was surprised that you have to vet through some of those titles, even for damage control of the brand. So like they did some beta testing on the title. Can you give us any insight? and knowledge around that when somebody selects a title? I think it's really fun in terms of when, if you already have a following of some kind, whether it's an email list, a Facebook group, or a talk, or you have a live stream, whatever it is, or whatever way you connect with people, I think it can be really fun to involve people in the process as you go through the creation of the book. And you can ask people for their, you can ask your people for their thoughts on what your title should be. I saw an example of someone, I can't think of his name right now, but it was on LinkedIn and his his message popped up and he was asking for feedback on certain kinds of stories or asking people to share certain kinds of stories. And I thought, isn't this clever? He's doing what I tell people to do, which is basically to ask people in your community for their thoughts or even to share their own stories so that they become part of the creation of the book as well. And the title presents one way that you can do that as you're working on your book. It's a way of getting the word out about your book without being pitchy or spammy or too salesy. Oh, totally agree. Yeah, we uh, we took on the positioning of, of actually including six client case studies. And that's very helpful because it does remove the tension of like, you know, me being the author, but really sharing somebody else's story. And that was really important to me. Um, also including the podcast, you know, referencing back in some of the chapters, you know, episodes that were recorded with experts like yourself, Deborah, that would give the audience some greater knowledge and a way to connect to it in a different light. So what you're saying is, yeah, I totally, it's, it's such a powerful thing with writing. Okay, so now let's talk about the other one. When I said media, like, you know, media is such a monster, <laughs> or it can be. Um, how do we tie books into media? Like, do you have recommendations or can you tell us a little bit more about media and marketing and books? Sure. Do you mean like PR? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I find I'm not a PR expert in this, in this area, but what I found really useful is that it's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about words and using words to increase your inbound opportunities because it can be used in so many different ways. So for instance, when you write articles, it's a really great way. They almost build on themselves. If you write articles or you hire someone to write them for you and you get them placed in certain places, people start, other editors start to see those and you begin to get more invitations. So I think it can be a really good investment if you find the right 
PR pro to be able to help you with your book uh, once it comes out and to be able to secure those different kinds of placements and help you shape the story around your book and how it applies to the different publications that you would like to be featured in. Very, very helpful. Yes. Yeah, because it's a full-bodied approach, right? I mean, everything that you're talking about, it's more than just a one-size-fits-all. It's like there's so much that goes to it, but quite powerful. All right. So one of the things that you've done is you have a book activation method. Talk to us about that. Give us some insight and so we can learn more. Sure. So the book activation method comes out of my experience as a book collaborator, a writer, a marketer, And I tie all that up together to be able to help coaches and consultants author business building books on a variety of topics. And so it's a six-month mentorship. And we usually start off by everyone can come as they are. And it's not a group program. So it's not like people follow along with modules. It's very tailored to where each person is in the process. So they come in with what they have. And then we work from there. And so for instance, with one client recently, she's going to be away in July. So we worked a schedule for her where she can still get her draft completed in the six months. She has a very, very busy schedule. And so she wanted someone she could partnership, have a thought partner with throughout the process of creating her book. And someone else who came into it, she's also a very busy consultant. And when she got a little bit off track recently, she said, can we have another meeting where we revise my deadlines and my schedule so I can get some things done? Within 24 hours of having that meeting, she'd already written 1,500 words, and she already had 20,000 that she'd written after being in a, I had a nonfiction book writing challenge last year that she was in. And then when we started working together, she had gotten 20,000 words from that. So it's really exciting to see the progress people make in it throughout the program. And it's also really cool because it's tailored to what people need in that moment for their book. Oh, I love it. And the power of having an accountability partner, you know, essentially, and um, somebody else, like you said, just to kind of vet out some of those, you know, the timelines and the challenges, huge asset. And I love that you're offering that. So where can we find more information about that, Deb? Oh, my website is radiantmedialabs.com. And so the, and the information is there. Excellent. Okay. So give us your digits. Where can we find you and add you to our circle of influence? So besides the website, is there anywhere else that we can follow and learn more about you? Sure. I have a weekly live show on Wednesdays, Eastern time on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Deborah B. Ager. And I also have a Facebook group called Using Words to Get Inbound Leads. So I invite people to join us in there. There's about 800 plus of us in the group right now. And then I'm also on LinkedIn, as you know, so people can look me up under my name, Deborah Ager. Okay. So Deborah, this is where I want to leave off. So you talk about, you know, the power of words. Can you give us, before we close out this episode, give us your insight into the power of that and um, why you have such a strong positioning around it? Well, I really believe in serving those who aim to improve humanity in some way. And so if people resonate with that, they're usually a good fit. (laughs) So we all want to help people in different ways. And sometimes with my clients, I can't help people in the way that they do. But if I can help them help more people, then I'm expanding upon the good that we can do together. And so I really like that. And I I find that words have been really powerful for me because I realized a lot of the achievement and success and failures too, because we all have failures. But a lot of that has come from when I've reached out with the right words, whether I wanted to get a phone call with somebody or, you know, when my, the magazine I founded ended up being subscribed to by Yale and Harvard or whatever it was. 
uh, when I wanted to get into grad school. It was always the words and how I used them that got me through the door. And I really want other people to have that same kind of opportunity for themselves. I love it. You're such a humanitarian. And Deborah, that is why I connected to you. I mean, immediately felt your energy and your desire in such a pure way. And I think there's some, there's definite power to that. So thank you for that. All right. So you can meet and um, learn more about Deborah Ager at our website. If you visit marlohiggins.com, you can add Deborah to your circle of influence and you can connect to her resources. And um, I just want to thank you, you know, for joining us today, Deborah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. It's, it's been great to talk with you. Absolutely. So we invite you to share this podcast with others and we thank you in advance for your partnership. If you enjoyed the episode and it left you feeling inspired, share your biggest takeaway on our Perform and Get Paid community Facebook page where we will engage and respond to your questions. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach executives to gain clarity and remove self-doubt to increase performance in sales. To book a complimentary coaching session with me, simply visit marlohiggins.com and click on the work with me tab to schedule a call. Did you like this podcast? If so, subscribe and share with all of your friends. And if you want even more awesome resources to gain clarity and remove self-doubt, plus some personal insights from me that I only share in email, get yourself over to marlohiggins.com and sign up for the email updates. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. If you're into it, subscribe, leave a review and tell all of your friends. We would sure appreciate it.